0: Hello and welcome to the EMG Health Podcast. In the place of our usual host, Dr. Jonathan Sakia, this episode will be hosted by me, Evgenia Kutsuki, the editor of the EMJ family of journals. As we approach the Easter weekend, we thought this would be a fantastic opportunity to reflect on some highlights from the year so far, with you listening at home whilst enjoying a few chocolate eggs. Together, we'll look back on some of the most interesting and memorable moments from the podcast that had made this year's series such a fantastic listen. We will kick off our list of highlights with an excerpt from the compelling interview that we had in January with Dr. Jeffrey Ponsky, a general surgeon at the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio in the USA, discussing the past present, and future of medicine, one particularly memorable moment came about when Dr. Ponsky considered whether medical graduates today are different to those of the past generations.
1: Are
2: medical school graduates, the young men and women who graduate in 2022, are, are they the same as when you and I graduated?
1: I think that's a funny question because... They're not the same. They learn differently. And they have different knowledge basis than we did. For example, I hated anatomy. I hated the smell of the anatomy lab, the formalin, the dead tissue. I didn't like that. The way they learn now is they learn conceptually, they learn with 3D holographic images, et cetera. Then they come to the operating room and they may study the anatomy in parts rather than trying to learn it as a whole body. If they're studying the neck, they may study the anatomy of the neck when they're doing endocrine surgery and, uh, and learn about it in a practical fashion that way. At the end of the day, they learn the knowledge and they seem to be very good doctors. It's just a different way of learning. We are very attached to the way we did it. But I have to say
0: that they learn differently and they learn well. In the same interview, Dr. Ponsky also explores how seemingly unrelated technological advancements in the 20th century revolutionized healthcare and how we treat patients even today.
1: Sometimes there's a small technological advancement like the video camera, yeah. which took basic laparoscopy, which was one man's eye, and turned it into a, a way that the entire room full of people could participate. That one technological change made the difference in therapeutic laparoscopy.
0: One especially enthralling episode from the podcast was The Missing Men, which was released in early February. In this installment, Jonathan examined the implications of the coronavirus pandemic on prostate cancer with two awe-inspiring women from Prostate Cancer UK, Chiara De Biase, the Director of Support and Influencing, and Amy Rylands, the Head of Improving Care. In one moment, they discussed the ways in which prostate cancer care in the UK is lacking and how this failure of care can cause severe distress for those who suffer
3: from this illness. We talk a lot about the diagnostic pathway. And in the UK, we have targets that men or anyone who's referred with a suspected cancer should know the outcome within 31 days. But we know within prostate cancer that that target is very consistently breached, you know, that prostate cancer diagnoses often take a very long time. And we know from our nurses and our work with with men and their families that that process of waiting for a diagnosis can be one of the most stressful, unpleasant points of, of the whole pathway. You know, even people talk about Getting a diagnosis, getting a worst-case scenario diagnosis, actually being relief because at least they know.
0: Later in the episode, the pair went on to explain why they use the term "missing men" to describe their initiative.
3: The missing men is the terminology we have used to to recognise those men who've not been diagnosed as a result of the pandemic. When we talk about the Missing Men Initiative, we're really referring to our work to identify those men to support the recovery of the referrals with suspected prostate cancer and to raise awareness of risk factors for prostate cancer. This certainly served as a powerful reminder of
0: the health issues that were perhaps neglected due to the overbearing threat of COVID and the complications that have manifested from this gap in service. Another great episode came about in mid-February, where Jonathan had an engrossing conversation with Dr. Steve Vexner, who is the chairman of the Department of Colorectal Surgery at the Cleveland Clinic in Florida, USA. In episode 91, called Leveling the Playing Field, Jonathan and Dr. Vexner discussed Dr. Vexner's illustrious career and then moved on to discuss the coronavirus pandemic, disparities in access to modern medicine, and other notable current topics. One standout moment came when the pair touched on whether greener approaches to travel and delivering medical education would stay in place in the aftermath of COVID.
2: Do you think the green agenda is going to start to play into whether or not we go back to pre-COVID travel behaviors?
4: Well, I'm not sure it's the green. Well, it's a different kind of green. It's it's the pound notes and the dollar bills, um, because people are realizing it's, it's cost effective to sit as we're doing today, uh, you know, we're 4,400 miles apart, and yet we're having a great conversation. And if we had our cameras switched on on a different technological platform, we'd be seeing each other. And if we invited other people live, they'd be here too. So it is definitely far more cost effective to just have an hour set aside in your day or even the entire day, rather than traveling somewhere. Um, And to, to the point I was making earlier of being able to educate and participate in the education of people from other areas of the world, it it is unparalleled.
0: A high point of the podcast this year came later in the month. In episode 91, Trading Song for Science, Jonathan was joined by Mike Einziger, a multiple Grammy-nominated musician, inventor, and entrepreneur, to discuss Einziger's curiosity in science, his gravitation towards dermatology, and how skin pigmentation inspired the founding of one of his successful companies. Since our typical podcast guest is far more likely to be a doctor than a DJ, Jonathan postulated the differences in how their distinct career paths affect people's lives in different ways, which really struck a chord with listeners.
2: I can't remember if I discussed it with you or. Another musician friend that, you know, in my career as a surgeon, if I operated at full tilt all the way through, I might be able to touch, I don't know, 50,000 lives over the course of an entire career. You can touch that in a night.
1: You know what? Think about it this way, Jonathan. Every person that you operated on, every life that you helped as a physician, there's a networking effect that happens and you touch millions and millions and millions of people. We need everyone, you know, we need all the doctors and we need all the musicians and, and uh, you know, we, we all make the world go around, right?
0: In episode 87 of the podcast, Jonathan sat down with Dr. David Jane, the Professor of Surgery at the University of Leeds, to talk over a broad range of topics, global citizenship to advanced clinical practice, intuitive robotic surgery, as well as the comic opera of surgical research. But one particular insight about how those with fewer resources are forced to find alternate methods of care and how this drives so-called frugal innovation and in medicine was especially interesting to hear about
5: frugal innovation means really doing more with less and it's those sort of um low resource settings that this is a you know it's an absolute necessity it's it's not a luxury that's how you have to work um but at the same time it it doesn't mean um compromising on on standards or quality so um it's, it's really about thinking out of the box. Um, how can you do things as well, or if not better, but perhaps using resources um, more efficiently? So, the, I mean, the classic example that everyone knows of this is, is the hernia mesh. So, uh, you know, in high-income countries, we, we will pay, you know, uh, tens and hundreds of pounds for a, a piece of mesh to, to repair a hernia, whereas you can get exactly the same result um, for a few pence using mosquito netting.
0: One of my favourite interviewees, Dr. Paola Pasquale, came into the podcast at the start of April to discuss her notable work in teledermatology and her specialisation in non-invasive techniques for visualising skin tumours. One remarkably special moment in this episode came about when Dr. Pascali spoke to Jonathan about why empathy and patience are such vital qualities in being a good physician.
3: You never have to lose uh, that vision of what you are as a physician. And that you, of course, you need to study all the time and you need to know you have the theory, but you have to be also a good person. You have to be able to listen. You have to be able to be reachable. And that maybe you will not learn from the medical textbooks. You will learn it from life in other ways. Uh, That's why I love physicians that get involved in many other things besides studying from books, (laughs) medical books.
0: At the end of March this year, one of our most poignant and emotional episodes to date touched on the fallout in healthcare caused by the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Although this episode slightly differed from our usual podcast format, we felt that it was important to cover this pertinent issue, which is causing huge shockwaves in healthcare and treatment globally. And while the episode outlined many of the aspects of this crisis that are affecting global health in real time, Jonathan also applauded the perseverance of those affected by war and highlighted the silver lining of humanity that is found in these dire situations, including the moving story of how the Welsh surgeon Professor David Knott is doing what he can to help doctors in the Ukrainian war zone.
2: I've spoken with doctors working in Kiev and elsewhere, and the conditions are shocking. The injuries and diseases they face are horrifying and the lack of materiel, depressing. But what one hears in their voices is not depressing. It's heartening. It's the very best of humanity and our profession on display. Obviously, we wish it were unnecessary, but how amazing to see the good side of life amongst such tragedy. Professor David Knott, consultant vascular and trauma surgeon from St. Mary's Hospital, has experience in many conflict zones, including Syria, Afghanistan and Iraq. He couldn't directly help in Ukraine, but he found a way to contribute by offering guidance over Zoom. Recently, the good professor delivered a 12 hour online surgery training course to over 570 healthcare professionals on war zone specific injuries, which of course many medical workers would never have otherwise encountered. One doctor on the call said that although there were air raid sirens, He stayed online to learn as much life-saving information as possible. So, as I said, amongst all the terrible news, there is some good news.
0: In covering the war in Ukraine, we could clearly see how intrinsically war and the provision of global healthcare are linked. This inspired us to look further into the history of how wars have shaped the face of medicine, as the mass injuries and diseases sustained in battles have often led to groundbreaking scientific innovations, many of which we still use today. In speaking of the brutalities of warfare that took place centuries ago and the pioneering work of Dominique Larrey. Jonathan reminds us of just how far we as a society have come since then.
2: I want to dig a little deeper into the history of battlefield medicine and how war can give rise to revolutionary medical discoveries, many of which have become fundamental to regular practice. Prior to the dawn of modern medicine, war meant countless casualties on and off the battlefield and a great deal of suffering. In fact, it was only at the end of the 18th century that combat generals were persuaded that the wounded should be rescued by healthy soldiers. And the first unit that actually tried to remove the injured during battle was established by Dominique Larrey, chief surgeon to Napoleon. Larrey also pioneered the use of brancardier, or stretcher bearers, to remove wounded soldiers from the battlefield, in addition to utilising the first horse-drawn ambulance wagon.
0: We've really had some great moments in the past quarter, from intriguing conversations to powerful insights and fresh perspectives, to covering some of the most important and relevant challenges we face in providing healthcare to today's society. I'm sure all of you listening will agree that it truly has been a riveting series so far. But to remind you that the course of producing these podcasts does not always run so smoothly... I leave you with this amusing moment. In episode eighty-seven with David Jane, a surprise guest made a special appearance, and it seemed that they were perhaps not quite as stimulated by Jonathan and David's conversation as we were listening at home.
5: Jo- Jonathan, I'm gonna have to stop. I've got an, an old dog in the room here who's beginning to snore. I I <laughs> It's actually quite
2: charming. Um, we've, We've had during this period of time of people working from home, we've had dogs barking to go outside, dogs barking to come back in, but we've never had a snoring dog. And as the expression goes, David, let sleeping dogs lie. I'm fine with it.
4: Yeah, the audience, the audience
5: might think that you've nodded off while I'm talking. <laughs> well, we've now explained to them, David. So I think it's fine. So, <laughs> Can I just give, give me two minutes? And I'll just extract the dog before I go. Two minutes. <laughs> Come on, Holly.
0: Right, I'm I'm back. <laughs> I'm afraid that is all the time we have for today at the EMG Health Podcast. I'd like to thank all of the wonderful guests that have made 2022 such a remarkable year for EMJ Podcasts so far. And of course, our usual host, Dr. Jonathan Sakia. As we endeavour to elevate the quality of healthcare globally, the insight provided by these opinion leaders is invaluable to the wealth of healthcare professionals that tune in to this podcast every week. By educating and entertaining our network of doctors and physicians with their stories and advice, our interviewees continue to inspire the progression of medical care for generations to come. Next week... Jonathan will be returning with a thought-provoking interview with Dr. Alia Medniuk, a specialist consultant in anesthesia and pain medicine, who is also the acute pain service lead at the Southmead Hospital in Bristol. In this episode, they will discuss her career so far as an anesthetist, what the future of pain management may look like, and the benefit of pulling knowledge together from different medical specialists. Until next time, I am Evgenia Kutsuki and thank you for listening to the EMG Health Podcast.